Hello, and welcome to Meaning, an exploration of how spiritual significance emerges from the life and the work of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis. I'm your host, Chris Bonhoff. As this episode hits the interwebs, we find ourselves early in the season of Lent, a special time in the Christian church for contemplating our own spiritual state in the time leading up to Easter and the resurrection story. We're invited to follow the example of Jesus, who spent 40 days praying in the wilderness before starting his healing ministry work. At Plymouth, our Lenten theme is embracing the wholeness of creation, and it provides a lens through which to approach the season. Lead minister Dwayne Davis and I discussed the concept of wholeness as described by theologians like Frederick Buechner, Howard Thurman, Martin Luther King Jr., and Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and the competing forces that seek to disconnect and fragment us every day. Wholeness is a concept that I have walked around with for some time. And it's one of those words that I've been using and, and I use it to mean, in context, I know what I mean by it, but it's not something that I had fully explored. I'm comfortable in the ways that I've used it, but I wanted to go deeper. And one of the reasons it, it came up again is um, the Children, Youth and Family program were doing their winter generational revival and they wanted to take the first Sunday of Lent to do their programming. And, and I was a little nervous about letting go of, of any part of Lent or thinking that I would have to. Right. And then even when they were going to be talking about water and, and the ecosystem and sort of the larger sense of ecosystem and creation, I was nervous about having a theme of Lent that may seem kind of traditional in the terms of, you know, sort of a theologically traditional way of thinking about Lent, about, you know, releasing the things that weigh you down spiritually so that you can be prepared for resurrection, you know. Yeah. Um, so as I began to think about it and, you know, talking with clergy, another thing came up, we, we, we're going to have Mental Health Sunday. Mm. Third Sunday in Lent. And so while I was thinking, like, how do I, how do those things exist together in some sense? I mean, and there was something there. They they have something. And we kept coming back to this idea about the wholeness of creation. Mm. Wholeness, mm -hmm. you know, journey to our wholeness. And then, of course, that gave me an opportunity to really sort of explore. And then as I began to think about it and even read different people about it, I begin to also see, like, you know, in some ways I had already been been reading about this stuff in a way you know, with theologians like Howard Thurman. I don't think he's ever used the word wholeness. I, uh -huh. I, I, I can't remember him using wholeness. But he he is talking about something like about unity of, of creation, oneness, that, that God is the communal center out of which all of life arises and that that's our true home. Yeah. That, that's where we come from. That's where we want to go. And so we all, in some sense, I, this idea of wholeness is this inchoate mix of longings, aspirations to get to something that's integrated, full, complete. And so that, that, that led to sort of the, the thinking about our theme that we're all, in some sense, a part of something, and yet the world 
pulls us in different directions. That's where Frederick Buechner comes in. Buechner gives both an example of what wholeness looks like, but he also, I think, does a wonderful job of describing what it looks like to live disconnected and fragmented. Hmm. And so what he was talking about is that we are completely reactionary. Yeah. When life is going great, we're we're great, we're high, we're yeah. and then when life is going badly or things are going wrong, we're down and we're and and it's sort of like we're being just we're just torn and we go back and forth. A sense of disconnection, fragmented. Yeah. And so his example of wholeness, however, both in a biblical one and in a personal one, is Jesus is the biblical one. And he talks about Jesus going to the Last Supper with his disciples. And whether consciously or not, knowing that, you know, there was something going to happen to him. Yeah. And yet, fully present, mm. fully connected and engaged, it, and, and then says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so that question that that Beekner is really talking, like, what is that? Where is where does that come from? And 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 how are we connected to it? And in some sense, in, in a different way, talking the same way I think Thurman is talking about, like that kind of wholeness or that holiness is 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 a part of our heritage. Yes, it's yes. it's, it's oh. us. Yeah, <laughs> it's so beautiful, and I love I love that that Beekner exploration of the Last Supper and the multidimensional <laughs> nature of that connection. Yeah, that it describes. You know the 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 presence that Jesus has not just to the disciples in that room and in that moment, right? But also connecting to time in a different sense and leaving the door open to the future. Right. And, you know, the, the, the opportunity to revisit and revisit the same space, yeah. the same unity yes. to, to something, to something really important. And, and you, you're, you're saying something very important too, because again, that also, I think sets up the example of what I think Beekner is trying to get us to see that we, we can hold the reality and the possibility of both the beautiful and the tragic at the same time. Yeah. And not be so torn or fragmented or disintegrated when we encounter either of them. Yes. That, and, and again, I'm not saying, I don't want anyone to think that I mean existing above it all. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no that's, Very I don't want importantly any, not. Right, right? Right? I, don't, I don't want anyone to assume that's what I'm talking about. No, what I'm, I'm, what I'm, want people to get a sense of that you are, you have what you need within. You are part of, as Thurman says, a communal center out of which all life arises. That's who you naturally are. So that when either the beauty or the tragic comes, you are fully present, fully who you are as you encounter each of them. Right. And you're not you're not thrown off course. You're not thrown off, you know, your your identity. You haven't lost your call. You haven't lost your sense of who you are. And as a matter of fact, because you are connected and deeply connected, then you don't you 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 minimize the risk of acting out of character or acting in ways that will disconnect you further. This is where King, Martin Luther King, I think is really critical to 
again, he, I don't think, again, like Thurman, I don't think I ever heard King say wholeness. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I think King, but what King had a sense of what happens to your wholeness, that in us, he takes it on faith that you are so inextricably connected to the divine that you are, you come as a gift of a wholeness with you. And so that's why he says, don't hate. Because in his, the way he talks about it, and I think people had to understand, had a hard time understanding this. When you hate your neighbor, what King was saying was, it's just not your neighbor who gets to get to deliver the, the impact of you hating them, but something in you is torn out. Something mm. in you dies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you hate. You are, in essence, you are fragmenting the very, your very nature when you act that way or when you do violence. So he, we talk about nonviolence. What he was worried about, yes, he was worried about the, the victim of violence, but he was worried about the perpetrator of the violence. Because the perpetrator is destroying a very part of themselves. Yes. And I think, and, and, and Bonhoeffer talks about this in a different way. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, he kept saying, in essence, he was saying, if anybody in the community is, and he doesn't use the word whole, I forgot what word, but, he, but in some ways, if you're not whole, if you're not connected, then the community itself is in peril. Yes. Now, I, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty dramatic, but what I think he's really getting at is that a community has to tend to its people, its its members, or itself is fragmented. It it it, it can't be whole. So even the, the 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 person who is sort of fragmented or disconnected, that disconnection fragmentation actually is telling you that your whole community is right. Is so. What does that mean then? We've got to tend to that part. Of, of our experience together, our life together, how do we get that wholeness that, that, that we're talking about, that getting us sort of back to that unity? Right. And I, I hear you talking on multiple levels, you know, the individual level yes. with uh, individual connection with the divine that, that King mm -hmm. talked, yeah, talked about. Right. But then also this communal connection right. and unity that is impossible if people are not connecting <laughs> on an individual level. Right, right. And I mean, I, I going back to, you know, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, wilderness that yes. you preached on first Sunday in Lent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those temptations, I mean, it strikes me <laughs> as you talk about these different theologians, all of them are speaking from these places of very fragmented communities, right, right? right? I mean, you know, Bonhoeffer, obviously, in the midst of World War II. Yes. Beekner is kind of in the aftermath of World War II. Right. King in the Civil it's Rights nice Movement. Um, and it, in all of these cases, you know, there people, these calls to unity are happening from within these, these communities that are so fragmented. Yes, yes. And then I think back to these, these temptations. Mm -hmm. And how they are so just iconically representative of the ways that empire really calls to fragment us. Yes, yes, yes absolutely, you absolutely. Know, and, it, and it's and it's and it seems to me that all three of those temptations are really rooted in 
calling people, it, it's the temptation to look away from the tragic in life. You know, mm, yeah. if you're talking about the <laughs> yep, beautiful right. and the tragic, <laughs> right. you know, these temptations are like, you don't need to think about tragedy. Yeah. Look at these, just these good, nice loaf of bread. <laughs> right, right. You know, you, you can just take this power that I can give you, you and you don't have to mess with the yeah, tragic right, anymore. Right, right. But we do. We do. And, and it's funny you, you, you talk about that in terms of empire too, because it's funny, empire itself is sustained by, in some way, apportioning and doling out the tragic and the beauty. It, it does it. It decides. Right. It creates systems that reinforce who will be in and who will be out. Yes. Who will have power, who will not. And so in it, it, it's, in the, it's in the work of fragmenting us. Yes. Because it's not in its interest to have... <laughs> All of us integrated because then there won't, you know, someone can't have more than another. Right. Or or wouldn't want to. Right. It's almost like the <laughs> wholeness <laughs> to empire <laughs> yes. is, okay, we're going to outsource all of the, the tragedy yes. to these these folks over, over here, here. Where we, while we enjoy all the beauty. Enjoy all the beauty. Yes. And, and the, 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 the key here, and I think that's the, I, I'm glad you brought up the, one of the things I wanted to do in that first sermon in Lent was to, to give people a sense that the, this, this, this journey that we're on, and, and I think this is what Beekner is really good at, this journey that we're on, that we are just living in this world, living in empire, we are going to encounter all of those those things. And the question for us actually, and and where the we where we find ourselves, oh, you know, on that journey of wholeness is who or what will determine how we act. So remember, Beekner yes. is talking about we're reacting all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we give very little thought about, you know, in you know, in some sense, if we're going to act or react, we, we, we're going to. Of course. The, well, we, we give little thought to how. Yeah. And, and, and I keep remind, getting reminded of the story of, 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 of Howard Thurman writing to Dr. King after he had been stabbed. He'd been stabbed in 1958 by a woman in mental health crisis, and he was in the hospital. And Howard Thurman wrote him and said, you know, I, I hope you, you know, in essence, I hope you convalesce longer than the doctors prescribe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the reason he said that was because he wanted King not just to see wholeness in terms of recovery or healing of his physical injury, mm -hmm. but there is another part to his life. And the way Thurman described it, he said, I want you to structure your life in a way that you deepen the channel of your life. So here's what he's asking, like, you are, you know, there's more to you than the physical part of you. Yeah. And you should not only see yourself, King, as the leader of a movement, you've got to come back and be in touch with who you are in that communal center. Hmm. You are a part, you've got to get back to that. Yeah. So this is the, in essence, again, never using the word wholeness, but that's what Thurman was inviting King to do, to take a journey to wholeness, deepen the channel of your life, yeah. see yourself more than the way the empire sees you yes. or even the way the, the, your followers see you. Yeah. That's only one dimension of who you are.
you are connected to something far more consequential, far more everlasting, far more enduring. Yeah, and then and then we come back to Lent, right? <laughs> yes. You know the 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 gift on offer. Yes. Of this 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 season. portion of the church year. Yes. Of taking of really just taking some quiet. Yes. I love the way Thurman says it. Again, he says, "Be unhurried and probing." <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Boy, because um, when it's time to react, when when you're when you're when you're there reacting. Yes. And and he and he he I think those words, if I remember correctly, are connected to the idea of going home and finding home. Mm. Wholeness. Again, that's somewhere. Because we have a vision of that wholeness. We have it in us. Yeah. It's there because we are we are inextricably linked to the divine. So it's there. So this idea, he and Thurman are sort of, I think, in the same category. Thurman says, take some time, unhurried and probing, to find your way back home or go home. Yeah. So this season is a perfect opportunity. And that's why I, 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 you, know, I, I, I you know, I joke about not giving up chocolate. And, and I don't want to diminish people who are sort of finding. But I think... What I what I what I would want people to do, what an opportunity I want people to take, is this idea of again, and I for the risk of using the word in some way in a circular fashion, I do want people to think more in terms of integration. Mm. How do I pull all of these disparate pieces and longings and appetites, and how do I pull them into something that's Again, in Brueggemann's word, something that's communal and coherent. Yeah. Which, again, when you brought it up, empire is not communal and it's not coherent. It's the very opposite of the biblical vision of shalom, mm -hmm. which, which is about everything in its place, everything having enough, yeah. everything filled with God's goodness and abundance exactly where it needs to be so that all will flourish. That's communal and coherent. Yeah. Empire is not interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the disparate parts and pieces that there are to, to, to pull together. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing in, in your, in your description of, of Beekner and, and Thurman is this, this idea of home, yeah. This idea of a communal source, yeah. And and how that resonates within us, yes. Is that is that kind that, of I the think, search? Right. It, it it. What is that longing for? Yeah. And 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 what I love about what these these theologians offer is that it's not therapeutic. That's another thing to do. Therape therapeutic, a sort of therapeutic approach can fit in here. Yeah. But okay. I, so if it's not therapeutic, then yeah. then can then what is it? So here's here's the part that isn't therapeutic. What is it then is a real engagement. I am also talking in this sense where 
we take seriously the idea that we are not these individualistic automatons walking through the world, and, or we are not all of the identities that the empire gives us, that we are, you know, I'm a worker, I'm a taxpayer, I'm a voter, and somehow what I want the the the, the common good to be is totally related to whether how much taxes I don't want to pay or want to pay or where I'm going to send my kids. Yeah. So wait a second. Hold on a second. Are you telling me that wholeness is not an individual pursuit, Reverend Davis? Hey, it is both an individual pursuit for the purpose of being in relationship. You, 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 this is for the purpose of finding yourself in that beloved community. It's for the purpose of living with your neighbor. It's for the purpose so that you won't do what King so despaired we were always doing, hating and killing each other because we refuse to do that work. Mm. And again, it is individual because when we hate and kill, King would say, you are hating and killing the very divine part of who you are naturally created to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is that individual work so that you can be the kind of neighbor that Jesus talked about in the Gospels. A couple of questions to take along on your Lent journey. What stands between you and the wholeness of God's goodness and abundance? What reorientation would help you locate and abide in this spiritual home? Thanks to Jimmy Hulse for our theme and to Max Brunel for additional music. Your thoughts and feedback are always welcome. Email us anytime at meaning at plymouth.org. Meaning is a project of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis. <laughs>